Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not that and dilly. Don't go around willy-nilly. Seems to us kind of silly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find us on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find links to all of our different podcasts, not only MF Uncensored, but also Cinematic Adventures and the Multiverse Fancast. As always, I'm your host, Paul, and it's just me doing the intro as per usual at this point. We have a very special episode, though, for you guys today because our show has exploded and we hit our first 100 downloads and just so much positive feedback. We decided to do a little Christmas special for you guys, a little holiday special for you guys, and basically I'm releasing two interviews in this one episode. So first up, you're going to have an interview with Michael Armagost, who uh, runs the Next to the Lamp podcast. He and I sat down for almost an hour, and we chatted about everything involving podcasting. He let me pick his brain about some of the things that he does, so he was really interesting and a lot of fun to talk to, so I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And then followed up, we have Einar Haraldsson, an actor from Iceland who... uh, Braved the six-hour time difference to give me a, a few hours of, or a little bit of his time. So we had a really good time sitting down with him. But before we do that, I also want to mention that this show is brought to you by Neil Getzlow and his book, Unmasked. If you guys are, have heard our interview with Neil, it's fantastic. It is one of our most powerful and moving interviews. Neil talks a lot about how his addiction to pornography and sexual activity really almost destroyed his life. And he was able to take a step back and not only save his marriage, but also save himself. And he wrote a tell-all book about it and just kind of really put himself out there. We had a chance to speak to him, both myself and producer Melanie, and we have a second interview all lined up for him and his wife in January. So be on the lookout for that. If you guys go to our website, themisfitfashion.com, under affiliates, you'll find a link to his page. And also, if you guys are interested in getting his book, we have a copy of it ourselves upstairs. You can enter the code FREESHIP at checkout to get free shipping on any of your orders. Again, that's Neil Getzlow, G-E-T-Z-L-O-W.com, and his book, Unmasked. And again, free ship, use that code, you get free shipping, and make sure you let him know that we sent you. Now, as always, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of MF Uncensored, with a podcast where we talk to people who know a thing or two, and we really don't. So I'm super excited. we It's just me flying solo in the studio tonight, but I do have a, a special guest, a guest who just in five seconds of explaining his technical process made me realize how shitty our podcast could actually be. So I'm here with Michael Armagas. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, Michael Armagas, a.k.a. Squid's Killing It. You know, it's funny. I got your email from our our good friend Steve, and uh, Steve Joyner, big shout-out to him. He's the one that's been really helping me along the way with uh, this brand-new show that we've been working on. And I'm reading the email, and I'm like, wait – is that really the email? Because I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's my artist producer name, Squid's Killing It. So how did that come about? Because that was the first question I needed to ask. I'm reading this email going, where did this come from? I love it. So I was a DJ in high school and freshman year of college and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, my DJ name was uh, Neon Squid. And that was mainly because I took mushrooms one time and i watched planet earth on fast forward to techno music if y'all haven't done that yet at least do it once what are you, you know doing with saying? your lives if you haven't 
<laughs> right? Because like the the BPM of house with times two fast forward of planet Earth, it just like goes together, man. Like it's just crazy. So there was a portion in there. I was at my peak, and there's we were watching the underwater the underwater one. And there's a squid in there. He's got like lights all on his tentacles and stuff, and he's just moving all crazy. And I was like, bro, that's a, that's a pretty sweet DJ name, Neon Squid. And so I rocked that for a little bit, and I found out there was a DJ in the UK. His name was Neon Squid Autopsy. So I was like, that just sounds a lot more complicated, and I don't want to get like, because I actually started like producing EDM music and putting that out there. So I was like, all right, I need to rebrand before I get too far into mm-hmm. this. And uh, ironically, at the same time, I was changing my Xbox Live gamer tag. And whenever I was playing with the homies online, they would always call me Squids. And I'm like, dude, it's not, it's just Squid. Like, you know, like, just call me by my name if you're going to call me anything. And so I finally just got fed up with it. And I was like, Squids, okay, Squids what? I mean, you want to be killing it, right? So Squids Killing It was born. It, it, and it rolls too, so like it, it works. And you know, for us here at our show, we we've gone through our own fair. Like podcasts are a very saturated market, right? Very. When when we first started, we started about five six years ago, and it, it really was just a way for us. As, as you get older, your friend group seems to get smaller, and it you know it's a lot of all right. I'll see you in six months. So we wanted to create this this way for us to socialize with each other. And basically we were already talking about all the shit that we were going to podcast about. So you've been in this world, you've, you've, you've DJed. I think you told me that you're a music producer, podcast producer, you do audio video. Tell me a little bit about how you got into the world that you're in right now after you were killing it with squids. <laughs> right, right. So you're not doing it unless you're killing it. Right. And that's the that's the brand of my company. The company's called Killing It Productions. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, I filter in my podcast. It's a record label as well. You know, like it does all forms of media. So when I was going through my music production, I was like, okay, you know, I need to figure out, you know, the, the logistics, you know, how to make money with music. Mm-hmm. And so I took a lot of classes and my, one of my friends was like, Hey man, do you listen to podcasts at all? And I was like, no, not really. And he's like, well, you should listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. He's got a really good podcast. Never heard of him. Weirdest thing. Yeah. I was like, I was like, sure, I guess I'll listen to Joe Rogan, you know, and he had like comedians on and he had like, you know, he has everybody on, you know, he's crazy. He's crazy. He talks about everything. And so I, I really liked that aspect of it. And he, my friend eventually approached me. He's like, you have all the equipment, you know, because I have recording mics and things like that. He's like, why don't we just do a podcast and just be, have a comedy-based podcast? And I was like, okay. I had already previously thought about doing it with one of my other friends because we would sit in his house and we'd be like all drunk or whatever. And we'd just talk about crazy shit, you know, like the universe and relativity and like wild stuff. And I was like, dude, this would be a good podcast. And he had the most busted ass lamp that I ever saw, dude. Like this thing, the shade on it was crumbling. It was brass or at least coated in brass. And like 
it was all crooked and barely turned on. Like one of the lights was blown out of it like five years ago and they just never replaced it. <laughs> and so I was like, dude, we could call it next to the lamp because, you know, we're just sitting here talking next to the lamp. So you buried, and, uh, you buried the lead on me because I was going to ask you where the name of your podcast came from. So that, that actually, that again, I feel like I'm, I'm getting to know you so well. It's only been five minutes. <laughs> yeah so he didn't really like the idea of a podcast he's not really a social person and so i always kept the idea of next to the lamp there and when my other friend asked me hey you want to do a podcast i was like and my grandmother had a mineral oil lamp like this one okay um that i would sit and watch all the time you know a kid with adhd watching an oil lamp for hours is like a godsend right <laughs> and so when my grandmother passed away my aunt actually took her lamp mm -hmm. and so i was kind of upset about that and my mom she found me this mineral oil lamp to to have because she knew i wanted it or at least i wanted one and so i was like that's perfect that's like a nice centerpiece you know and we'll just have it next to the lamp and so we did our first episode on april 1st 2019 and yeah just been consistently going we are actually now the number one comedy podcast in wyoming oh wow yeah i mean there's like eight people here those other seven people you know their podcast sucks so they are you know we can't talk about that <laughs> so you know it's funny my my wife she uh, she runs a book page right so like that's her thing on instagram she has this book page she's got you know a couple hundred followers and she talks about books and stuff like that and she gets books all the time and she actually got me an audiobook that says Everyone has a podcast because right. now nowadays everybody does. It, it's not, you know, when we, when I first started a few years ago, people were like, what, what's a podcast? This was before Joe Rogan hit it big and, you know, making $12,000 an episode on whatever he's talking about, which is incredible. And obviously the, the podcasting goal for a lot of people, but to have a podcast and, and to be doing it for so many years, what, what makes yours stand out? Even though it's the number one show in Wyoming? which is, you know, really impressive. Like, what do you think is special? Like, what do you guys do that makes your podcast stand out from so much saturation? So I firmly believe it's, I mean, me now, I don't really so much have a co-host anymore mm -hmm. uh, because I just continually get guests now. So it started out because, you know, music production, I wanted to talk to music artists, producers, everything like that so I could understand their process, how they write songs, how Absolutely, they, yeah. you know, grew up, how they, you know, live their life. And me and my friend, like him, him and I just have really good chemistry together. Like we say a bunch of wild, wild shit all the time. <laughs> and we're just trying to see who can make each other laugh the most. And uh, from there, I mean, I've always liked comedy. I've always wanted to be a comedian. Uh, which I recently started doing as well. I started doing stand-up at a local bar here in town. Oh, I'm going to ask you about it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. One of my coworkers, she actually hosts it, and she asked me to uh, come on and you know do stuff because she knows I do comedy podcasts and stuff. And yeah, it was just from there, it was just something that I was like, well, I'm not going to have 12 episodes on a podcast. You know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to continue to do it. And even if I just have to do the you know, Theo Vaughn style and just be me sitting in a room talking to nothing, you know, 
I'll do that too. So it's really my drive and my passion and my community that really helps me out a lot. Mm. So how do you find stand-up different than than a comedy podcast? Because obviously you're doing a podcast for you, you're you're in your room, you're in your studio, whatever it is. I know I know a lot of podcasts nowadays they'll do things like Discord or they'll do live streaming where they're they're constantly interacting with the people listening. But for a lot of us, like we record and then we release and then we wait for feedback. So we're not really talking to our audience when we record. How is stand-up comedy a different form of entertainment for you? So, I mean, it really comes down to the structure of the joke, you know? Like, when you're just talking to somebody and you're saying funny shit, then it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. But when you're on stage and you're doing stand-up, it's pretty much a conversation with yourself, your ideologies, throwing it out there, and hopefully they find it funny. Mm -hmm. And you can gauge an audience by, you know, a lot of comedians tell their first joke, and they're like, okay... I, they laughed at this one, so I'm going to try these other ones. And generally, that's how specials are made, stand-up specials are made. They, yeah. you know, they travel throughout the country, and they try different jokes at different places and see what gets the best laugh. And then they record uh, the best stuff at the end. Right, right. So it's just – it's different, but I like it. Mm. Uh, you know, they the, from all the comedians that I listen to, you know, Andrew Santino, Tom Segura, Christina P., Theo, Vaughn. Brandon Schaub, you know, they always say that getting the laugh is addicting. Mm -hmm. And I can see that because, like, I've only done it twice so far. And I'm just like, okay, I got to get that laugh. Yeah. Like, I have to. If I don't, then I, you know, you just feel bad. <laughs> no, that, that's... You're just saying ridiculous shit to nobody. That's just <laughs> absurd. <laughs> well, they all order more drinks and try and find you funny eventually. Yeah, yeah. So... You do a comedy podcast. Who would be your dream comedy interview? If you can interview any comedian, who would it be and why? Tom Segura. Okay. For sure. 100%, man. I, I just, his comedy resonates with me all the time. It would have been Norm MacDonald until recently, you know, yeah. RIP. So, like him or Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams is hilarious too. Very nice, deep cut. I love it. Yeah, yeah. His uh, special, what is it called? Oh, it's gonna nature. drive me crazy. Something about nature. Quickly um, googles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he's just like out in the middle of nowhere, and there's like a drone that is. He's like on a plateau, mm -hmm. and there's just like a drone following him, and he's just talking to nobody, and it's hilarious force of nature i think it's called that sounds about right that, that's... and it's just so funny but tom segura man he's just got those jokes that are just like really like they get to me they get mm -hmm. to me every time <laughs> i can watch like all five of his stand-up specials and just <laughs> kill myself i remember the best comedy show that i ever went to was uh was robin williams i got i i had the the privilege of seeing him live and there's just something so magical about somebody that you, you admire being on stage. So, like, for me, comedy is a great way to escape the bullshit of every day. Especially when you can laugh at the bullshit of every day. So, if you were able to, who would you want to do a show with? Is it still Tom Segura? Or is, is oh, it, yeah. Every still? time. Yeah. Him or uh, Dimitri Martin. Okay. Yeah. Those two are 
so funny. I seen Demetri Martin. He actually came to Laramie, Wyoming, like right before the like COVID got real bad. Mm. And yeah, he just killed it, man. So funny. That that's awesome. I mean, I, I comedy shows are one of the things that I didn't think I was gonna miss with COVID. Like, you don't realize some of the things that you're gonna miss with COVID, and then suddenly it hits, and you're like, man, I I miss the things like toilet paper and and going out and. <laughs> Having a drink, like toilet paper became gold at one point. We we found it at a at a gas station for like five dollars a roll, and it was just like the single rolls. And I was I told my wife I was like, we need all of these. Get every, get get the car, bring the car around. And we're loading up toilet paper like it's the end of the world. But um, Dude, I got super lucky. I bought two bidets for my house. Oh, I'm, like, I'm right immediately jealous. COVID. I'm so yeah, jealous. So much better, dude. Like even if I go to someone else's house. And I have to take a shit. I'm just like, I'm such an animal, just smearing this feces all over my body. <laughs> you don't so live my life. You don't know. You don't know how I live anymore. Yeah. The, the, yeah, epi- like, the right, epitome, so though. There's no gold in this bathroom. Okay. Mm, these peasants, how they live. <laughs> right? You might as well just throw your shit in the street. <laughs> Let me get the bucket for you. God, you heathens. But yeah. you know what the the epitome, and this is this is getting really weird and really off the rails, and I love it because you know. So I, I have a co-host, and he when he hosts, he's very meticulous. His name's Ronnie. I really hope he's gonna be listening because he he was annoyed that he couldn't make it tonight. But like when he hosts, he's like so serious. Like he's like I gotta keep on point because otherwise I'm all over the place. And like this is the kind of conversation we would have, so th- that makes it even better. But the epitome of toilet usage. My dad got a heated automatic toilet seat, and I said, I'm not going to sit on something that moves before I sit on it, because as you walk, it opens up like like the cave of wonders about to enjoy whatever you're putting into it. And I remember, I was like, I'm not, I'm not sitting on this thing. It scares me. Toilet seats shouldn't move. This is like horror movie stuff that I should be running the opposite way from. You right, know, that's what I ran away from when I was a kid, man. It's like if I seen that dude, I'd be out that room and shit would be on the floor. It's like uh, the scene in Home Alone when the furnace opens and he's like, "Oh God!" But I'm I'm telling you, heated toilet seats. I'll never go back. But I can't really? afford one. Oh God! It, there's nothing better than sitting down. And you're like, oh, it's already it's already great, and I haven't even gone yet. No, dude, no, not not for me, man, dude. If I sit on a heated toilet seat, I'm like, all right, what just nasty ass motherfucker was sitting here first? Who was in here? God. <laughs> yeah, every time, and it's like I need that initial shock of the cold just to shoot it right out, dude. Like it, that, that has to happen. <laughs> to remind myself what I'm in there for. It's all about the business aspect. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing a book, man. You got a, like a blanket and shit. You're like, dude, if the power goes out, I'm so fucked. <laughs> My wife watches me go in the bathroom. Why do you bring the air fryer in there? Don't worry about it. It's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm just enjoying my time, okay? I don't have nice things. This is all I <laughs> have left. Time. You know, it's funny. As, as you get older, especially, I, I don't know if you're, if you're married or single or in any sort of relationship, but I find myself, and my wife points out, she's like, you've been in the bathroom longer and longer. And I go, because you've been out here longer and longer. It's fine. She doesn't listen. She's she's the producer though. She she does occasionally listen. So we'll if you never hear from me again, it's because I died after this podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, my, I, I did a stand-up set last night, and one of my friends, he signed up to do it, and he had a joke. He's like, you know, I've been, I've been married for quite some time, and, you know, I think it's about that time that we take a trip to Yellowstone. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it was pretty funny. I, I thought it. it was funny. No, I... I... I'm not usually at a loss for words, but I'm, I'm at a slight loss for words. So you're going to have to help me out here. But, you know, it's funny because th- when you go to a comedy show, there are certain things you're going to expect to hear. And one of my favorites is to hear about marriage because I- I'm newly married. I've only been married for about a year. And now we're, we're actually having our, our reception, our COVID reception now in three weeks. And I remember telling Steve that because Steve's like, can you do this interview next week? I'm like, Steve, I would love to. But my wife will kill me if I am not present for whatever scones we're picking out for our wedding reception. It's like dangerous territory that you're putting me in. So, yeah. Now, how often do you podcast? Because I, I find myself, we do two shows. We're working on this third show uh, that's purely interview based, and, and it takes up a lot of our time. And you have a lot of technical stuff that you do with your podcast that we don't. Like you, you talk to me about uh, video and, you know, uh, different levels of production that. Frankly, I'll be honest, we don't have. We have free audacity. That, that's the extent of our video editing, or excuse me, our audio editing. So kind of walk me through your process, like from recording to finished product to putting it out for people to hear. How does that work for you? Okay. So we release every Tuesday, YouTube, you know, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere you can get podcasts. So, you know, I already had all the equipment. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I got into like the actual music production part, I said, okay, I'm going to need to do something with music videos. And if I have something for music videos, then I might as well get something cool for my podcast too. So I bought a Sony A7R2 uh, camera for, I think the body was 1200 bucks. And then the lens that I have is about 1500 bucks. And I was like, okay, so if we're going to be doing this, then it needs to be a little bit more professional, right? And that's when, like, we were just using webcams. Mm. Like, I had two 720 webcams that we started out with. And this thing is just night and day from that because it does 1080p at 60 frames per second. So it's just, like, capturing everything, right? As far as the eye can see, anyway, they say that 24 frames per second is, like, what the eye can see and anything above that puts strain on your eyes but i don't know I, I watch podcasts all the time and so we record whenever i get the chance the week of the let's see is that the 16th so the week of the 10th through the 16th i did nine podcasts that week oh wow yeah I, i'm tired just hearing that <laughs> yeah so on top of that, I have, you know, all these music projects that I'm working on. I have, I work with artists from Atlanta. I work with artists from Denver, California, like they're, they're everywhere. And so those like people that buy my beats and stuff like that. Cause I'm a hip hop producer is what I technically produce. And I produce lo-fi hip hop for like my own singles, but soon moving to my own lyrics and uh, productions. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. So and that's actually what I I have this coming Saturday the 30th. I have a photography gig that one of my friends is is paying me for. And I was like, "Hey, I have a song that I have coming up that I want to do a music video for. Would you let me do it at midnight at the bar?" 
And they say, yeah. So I've been writing and I've been doing all this stuff, but it goes from recording to Zoom recording or in studio. I have another chair over here that I talk to my guest with. And then it goes from there into my audio or for, to my video editor, which is Final Cut Pro. Mm -hmm. And from Final Cut Pro, I'm able to use my audio VSTs from my music in Final Cut Pro. So I'm able to, you know, DS it and, you know, take the harshness of the P's out and stuff like that. And from there, I cut out things or, you know, add things like the title and things like that. And it generally takes me about like an hour or so to edit and uh, all that stuff. So I had to buy a new computer. So I bought a 2020 27 inch iMac company write off though, bruh. <laughs> That's the only reason I have the company. All right. It's because I buy shit that I want and write it off. <laughs> well, you know, I had no idea that sponsoring a podcast was a tax write off until Steve told me. And I was like, wait, what? And it's, it's so weird nowadays. Like the podcasts are so mainstream and, and so in the norm. So it, it's fun for me to hear how another podcaster is doing it because right now just doing loudness normalization on audacity was like my peak editing i was like oh my god look at me go right now <laughs> like you said ds and it took me four seconds to realize oh yeah that that's actually a function i can do i just don't do it yeah yeah so it takes out the s's and makes them not as harsh and stuff mm -hmm. um i use isotope products they're really nice they they have the they have an AI built into them, so they you can just hit that AI button and it'll do most of the stuff for That's you. Awesome. You know, you have to make minor tweaks based on you know this or that. You know, but it makes it a lot easier for editing audio. Yeah, for us, we started off like I, I mentioned to you. I think it was either off air or, or we were talking about our first episodes. Oh no, that was during the actual episode. It's all starting to blur. I think I had some mushrooms, and now I'm going to be talking to my lamps in a second. <laughs> but we started with a very simple microphone that literally we. A snowball microphone, plugged it into the computer, hit record on my friend's MacBook that was probably older than both of us, and recorded for an hour and a half about our favorite superheroes. Highest downloaded episode of our entire career, which is saying something at this point. But, um, you know, and then we actually, we crowdfunded. That was a suggestion that was made to us to to crowdfund. And people, they, they bought us and then we moved on. We got, uh, let me, I'm actually going to pull this out. Stand by one second. I don't want to make a mess. We got a, what is this even called? Focusrite, a Scarlet Focusrite little mixer. And uh, the microphone that went with it, we still have the microphone and the headphones because now we're just a, a mix match of just different equipment at this point. We use Samson for most of our stuff. They, they actually donated an entire mixer and set of equipment to us just, just for us to be on their website recording, which was even funnier. They were like, can we take a few pictures of you using our equipment and you can actually keep the equipment? We're like... Sure. So, you know, for us, it's 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 interesting because we're just one. You know, that's why we call our network the Misfit Faction. We are just a hodgepodge of different things all thrown together and hoping for the best product that we can possibly do. Yeah. So from there, I bought Rockville Audio. Mm -hmm. They have a podcast bundle that you can buy. It's like 140 bucks, and it's four. Four mics, four XLR cables, and like everything that you need a, a mixer and another, like a preamp to go into your computer. So that's what I'm talking on right now. It's, it sounds great. 
the dynamic Rockville audio. And yeah, and like I said, I needed one for because my Shure seventy eight was what I was using mm-hmm. for like my DJ gigs and stuff. And I had that thing for years, man, years, and it finally took a dump on me. So I was like, all right, well. I might as well try these out, you know. That I got nothing to lose really, and their customer service is great. So I would suggest Rockville Audio. Like I said, four mics for 140 bucks with a mixer and a preamp. Like that's that's nothing comparatively. Like the Rhodes Caster. Oh, that's what everybody's talking about. Just for that, it's like holy shit. So yeah. I do everything post production. It's just a lot easier for me that way. I went from a 2010 iMac 21 inch that took. It took four hours to edit an hour-long podcast. That's rough. That's yeah, rough. and so when I got this, it it took me down to an hour of editing at the at the longest. Oh, that's awesome. So like, just wrote it all off. Wrote it all off as a company. I think last year I started the company January twentieth, twenty twenty, which is a real shit year to create a <laughs> multimedia company that is based on shows, you know. And yeah, so I was like, all right, well, I'm still working my day job and stuff, so I might as well just continue to throw money into this thing. And I spent like ten, twelve thousand last year on just startups, and I've spent like seven or eight this year mm-hmm. on you know just software mostly, some hardware. Like the, this camera was part of that. This camera costs just as much as the freaking desktop did. <laughs> so. I was like, yeah, I better start doing stuff with it. But uh, yeah, I, I cheated. I needed to get a new phone, so I ended up. I was like, I went to the phone store. I was like, what's the one with the best camera? So now I have this this seven camera phone that I that I wanted to use for video, and I just haven't really had the chance to because I I tend to forget that I have it, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I could just use this, and then I'm already recording. Yeah, there are a lot of actual podcasters that use their iPhone 11. There's a a USB attachment that you can just do from that into your computer and mm-hmm. you can just have video. It's so, crazy nowadays. Yeah. But it's you were pretty t- wild. You were talking about uh, photography, I think, or no, camera work? Yes. Yeah, please. Sorry, I interrupted you. Photography. So you can find everything that I do is Squid's Killing It, this or that. So Squid's Killing It Productions is my Facebook page. A Squid's Killing It's my Instagram. Squid's Killing It Photography is my photography page on where I mostly do landscapes of Wyoming and stuff like that because it's really beautiful country mm-hmm. out here. As well as Squid's Killing It Gaming. I was a game streamer for a while just because I got the new computer and it could do it. So I was like... I might as well, you know. And actually, I got a couple of uh, artists to hit me up just game streaming because mm-hmm. they would watch my game stream and like, oh, I didn't know you're a music producer too. You know, here's what I do. So that was pretty cool getting that linked up. And then next to the lamp is like the only thing that isn't Squid's Killing It, mm-hmm. but it's owned by Killing It Productions. Oh, that's awesome. Now, gaming, that's an, that's another one that, that exploded out of nowhere and only got more popular, especially during COVID and quarantines and stuff like that. So tell me a little bit about your gaming. Like, what did you do Twitch? Was it a, a Discord-only thing? Like, how did that come about, and what was your process? So it was just another one of those things. I had the equipment, so, you know, I might as well do it because I'm trying to make money on every avenue that I can, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, like I said, I bought the camera for music videos and podcasting, but I can also do wedding photography. I can also do 
engagement photos. I can do family photos. I can do dog photos, you know, like whatever the hell people want to pay me for, you know, maternity photos. I've done a couple of those for a couple of my friends and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about capitalizing on what you want to do. And photography is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Once you like get into it and like actually learn your camera, you know, cause like I, this camera I have now is just an SLR mirrorless camera. And there's so much more that goes into that than it was, you know, film back in the day. But it's crazy all the different things you can do. And yeah, I'm just trying to capitalize on all avenues. So I took that and I was just like, well, if I'm going to play video games with my friends, I might as well try to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. So I just kept playing video games with my friends and just talking to people. This is another way to spread the squids killing it name. Mm-hmm. Is like you know it is my gamer tag. So like, yeah, hit me up on anywhere you can find anything. You know, squids killing it. That's awesome. What was the uh, what was your game of choice? I played a lot of Apex. Okay. Legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a I'm a light Call of Duty uh, player. My problem with the games like Call of Duty is I get so frustrated when I play. My wife makes fun of me because her and I will play together. She's actually surprisingly good. And I get so frustrated playing games like that. Like, it, it drives me crazy. Like, once a 12-year-old said some very distasteful things about my mother, I was like, oh, get the microphone. I, I need to talk to this kid. We need to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. You know, they keep it interesting. They got a new season coming out soon, so I'm um, just trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And... Whenever I have free time, whenever that is, usually around 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night when I'm like burnt out on everything else, I'm just like, okay, I need to shut my brain off for a minute, so mm-hmm. I'll go play some video games with the homies, you know, got my squid squad out there, which is also what I call my followers. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, you got the squid squad going, so just everyone that listens and interacts and, you know, they're awesome. I have a pretty awesome community around me. And I think having a good community is is what's most important. I mean, that's why our podcast was able to crowdfund because we created a community and people were like, hey, we want to hear more and we want to hear it slightly better because your audio sucks. <laughs> right. So in terms of community, you do a lot of things. Is there any that you have struggled with, things that you just kind of were like, man, this isn't working out. I, I don't really think this is for us. And you just kind of gave up on or do you just keep trucking along? Well... I look at life as an experience. As long as you can learn from it, mm-hmm. then you're good to go. You know, you're never a loser if you learn from it and you keep trying. I mean, that's one thing with my music is I struggled with music production for about six years. And it wasn't until like 2015, 2016 that I was like, okay, there's more YouTube videos out there that, you know, are helping people, you know, do all this stuff. Simon Servita, you know, he's a really good music producer that uses FL Studio, which is the DAW that I use. And KBZ, he's like, that's that's just one kid that made me mad because he was like 17 and he was, you know, selling out to all these big name uh, rappers and shit. And I was just like, bro. But he does have really informational footage and things like that. So he's he's a pretty cool dude. And uh, yeah, I just never really, I'll always try until I'm just like, okay, this isn't working. And I haven't really found that yet. 
That's pretty impressive in itself. I know we've tried, we've looked at some things like like TikTok and you know Instagram. We do all that stuff. We haven't done TikTok yet because I just don't have the patience for TikTok. But you know, like we do Instagram, we do Facebook, we do you know any social media we can possibly get our hands on. We're working on other bigger projects. We find that YouTube is the most challenging because YouTube there's there's already everything on YouTube. It's almost impossible not to find something on YouTube. So tell me a little bit about your YouTube channel. Like what, what kind of content you produce, what kind of you know audience you'd like to uh, have gravitate towards you guys because we love sharing who we interview with our own audience and we'd love to have people that, that click and uh, want to join your Squid Squad. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's mostly comedy-based. So mm-hmm. my YouTube channel is just my pod. So once I... Unless you go to my Squid's Killing It account, then it's my music, mm-hmm. and really then it's only like uh, my label picture with music in the background because I use DistroKid for my distribution, and I use Libsyn for my podcast distribution. Gotcha. I know Libsyn. And so they're pretty much the same, one's just for music and one's for podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference, and I'm pretty sure you could use DistroKid for podcasting if you wanted to, because it's not, like it's only MP3 files that you're uploading. So, you know, and then they put it on all these things. But I don't know. It's it's all right. But soon I will have like my own music videos and stuff like that going to the Squids Killing It YouTube channel. Okay, so you do have some other projects because I know on our YouTube channel we just upload the audio from our podcast just because. Our host does it automatically for us, and it saves us a lot of time and a lot of effort. But for, for us, we're working on trying to get some additional content, and, and interviews have been a really fun source of that because interviews are, are interesting. You're really just kind of getting to know somebody. It's it's almost like an awkward first date, but uh, you, you have a kind of a baseline where you already have something that you have an interest in. So what other projects do you have that are coming down the pipeline? Like music videos sound great, more stuff on your YouTube channel. Any Anything else that you can give us a sneak peek on? I mean, me and my co-host, have been, we have been working on like skit comedy to like start editing and getting those uploaded. Kind of like a Gillian Keys skits. I don't know if you know who Shane Gillis is, but... The name sounds familiar. He's a... He's a hilarious comedian. He has a 45-minute YouTube special out there that's amazing. So that's something that that we're working on. I have just been throwing so much time and energy into music and getting to know my equipment that way that I don't really have much else, like, in the works, you know. I always have a podcast going... If you talk to me on any day, I'm probably in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> I just like to get to know people. You know, I'm from small town Wyoming. There's only, you know, 15,000 people in this town. And I'm from originally a town of 400 people. I graduated wow. with eight kids. So, like, me doing this is kind of crazy. You mm-hmm. know, having a presence online and, you know, eventually making money from it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. Like to to have such a small community and then you know kind of exploding out into it. That's that's you know that's why podcasting is so much fun. And and just when we started, we never had any idea that we were going to be like people listen to us in like Europe. Like we'll look at our statistics and our analytics analytics, and it's like, oh yeah, you got listeners from Australia. And I'm like, why? We're not that interesting. Yeah, we just broke into Southern America, South America, oh. Chile and portugal and like colombia 
Mm-hmm. Those are the only places so far. But our UK presence is ridiculous. And a lot of our followers are actually in Virginia and Ohio. And I'm like, I don't even know anybody, you know. <laughs> but, like, uh, most of our downloads are Virginia and Ohio. That, that, see, uh, analytics are the weirdest thing for a podcast. Because people are like, well, how many people listen? I'm like, I don't know. Because it's, it's some track just downloads and then others track who's streaming and... Nowadays, it, it used to be just Apple Podcasts. It was literally, that was the only place you can hear a podcast, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes as it used to be called for all the younger listeners. But how do you feel about, like, you're you're getting this reach that's going around the world? Like, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's pretty amazing because uh, with the company, like, I could buy a plane ticket, okay, mm-hmm. to anywhere the fuck I want to go, and I could take three or four pictures there. I go right off the whole trip. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because of the photography company part of it. So that's pretty much the only reason I made the company, really. It's like, I'm not going to have kids, so mm-hmm. I might as well dump my money into something to help my tax, you know, help me be in that lower tax bracket, but also buying things that I want so I can write those off and help that, you know, in my tax bracket. You know, I've always wanted a 2020 iMac right <laughs> and now you can have one it's a company now yeah, i, I can it. have one i love and it just write it up <laughs> so if you could travel and do a photography shoot anywhere in the world what's on your bucket list i want to do the cherry blossoms in japan man yes that would be amazing to see mount fiji that's also a pretty decent place i mean i'm really close to yellowstone but i've never been there <laughs> so that would be pretty cool to take pictures of but I mean, I think I think definitely uh, Fiji and Japan That's are awesome. like my two bucket lists. Or anywhere in Switzerland, man. Like, I love the landscape of Switzerland. I love the chocolate. Nah, I mean, nah. I could take it or leave it. <laughs> one of my one of my I best. I like the the cheese. The Swiss cheese. <laughs> I like the neutrality. I like how nobody nobody wants to bother anybody. But one of the best trips I ever went on is uh, South Korea. I went to South Korea for eight days because when I was younger, I trained in martial arts. And we went for a training conference for eight days. And we got to we got to go to all sorts of small villages and temples. And so so to hear you, you say Japan, I, was like, I got immediately excited. I was like, oh, my God, I want to go to Japan so bad. Japan looks so cool. Yeah. So cool. And I you- mean, they got... They got drift cars everywhere, you know. I've seen that before. <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, fun fact, for uh, producer Melanie, my wife, we call her producer Melanie because she's really the brains behind all this. There was the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and they had that theme song, that earwormy theme song. So we have hardwood floors, and I still remember to this day, like we just moved into the house, and I went sliding across the floor to try and surprise her, and I started singing the Tokyo Drift song, and then I tripped and I ate it, and she'll never, never not laugh when she hears that song now. <laughs> well, that's what marriage is about, right? You remember shit forever, and it makes you laugh. No, she remembers everything I do wrong and everything that I look ridiculous doing. So, like, today I brought her coffee. She's not going to remember that. She's going to remember the time I fell singing the Tokyo Drift theme song as loud as I could. That That's what, that's what people are going to remember. So we, you and I talked about, speaking of, of remembering things, your first episode. Tell me what the topic of your very first episode was. 
So it's actually pretty interesting. I wanted to give our guests something to do while we talk, so it kind of get them out of their head while mm-hmm. they're, you know, just sitting there talking. And we had a pretty decent-sized table. And uh, we used to put together puzzles. Yeah, I'd have the guests put, help me with a puzzle while we talked. That's awesome. And uh, whenever we'd get, like, a certain section of it done, I would have them sign it. Hmm. And I was just going to raffle off the... You know, to get followers and stuff like that, I was going to raffle off these puzzles and pick a winner, you know? Like, share and like this page, and you got, you know, this awesome thing. And there's quite a few names on this uh, one puzzle that we did. But the first episode was, like, six. There's, like, six of us. And we did that same thing. We did that, just a mic in the middle of the table, and we all just said things and just talked about random, random stuff. And yeah, that that was pretty much it. I don't even remember what we talked about in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's funny because like one of my biggest fears whenever we podcast is any sort of lull in the conversation. And that's why interviews, I love doing interviews because I love getting to know people and I love connecting with people, especially other podcasters who, who do great work. But I'm always afraid that there's going to, especially with Zoom, that has a like a two second delay. The first interview I did, I was like, oh, God, they don't find me interesting. What do I do? Do you ever run into that with podcasting with friends or by yourself where there's just lulls in the conversation? And how do you react to it? No, I I mean, I say random wild shit anyway. So, like, I'll, I don't find space, all right? The space finds me. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll just let people resonate with some of the shit that I said and, like, all right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Or that's not good. I had one difficult interview and this guy, he was a, he was an actor and like, I would ask him questions and he would, he would just answer them. Right. Oh, that was it. What's what's your favorite color? Green. Next question, please. Oh, dang it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Every time. And I was just like, okay, well on to the next thing, you know? And I would just like, try to get him to converse more and it wasn't until we got political that oh no he was like actually just he just went off on his own thing he talked for like 15 minutes and i was like okay it's funny because uh steve set me up with with larry hankin larry hankin has has been an actor he's he was fantastic but like he was the first you know celebrity status like somebody who's been on tv and movies and kind of seen it all and done it all and we're, we're doing this interview and it's me, it's my co-host who's never done an interview. So he was almost dead silent the entire time. But then he dropped a question at the very end because Hankin was great. Like he, he told us stories. He, he was just a lot of fun and just, you know, obviously talking some shit about Adam Sandler, which is in itself is the funniest thing to ever say. But my co-host dropped a question on him where it was, it involved who his favorite director was to work with. And he told the most like he he lit up like a kid on christmas and he was like let me tell you this story about the time i worked on annie and i'm sitting there going he was an annie oh god i'm terrible at research so for you what was that one interview question that you asked and just you got the best answer your your favorite answer well at the end of my podcast i always ask our guests what is their definition of success Mm. Because everyone has their own definition, and it's always, most of the time it's different, you know. Most people, you know, material things, or a lot of people say, you know, happiness, as long as you're happy, then 
you know, it's whatever that is. And I'm a rather depressed person all the time. You know, I'm like my fucking Eeyore over here. And uh, yeah. to my podcast. Yeah. So I want to ask like what successful people, you know, what their idea of success is. And, um, one that answered it recently was Josh. He, he said, you know, it's hard to find happiness in the crazy society that we have today. Mm-hmm. But even if you're doing something in your spare time that takes your mind off of everything else and you're constantly and you're able to do that consistently and get better at it, then that's what I think success is, is doing what you like to do and being good at it and not letting anything else really affect your frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that got deep. We got deep all of a sudden. We, we went from comfortable shitting with expensive toilets to life philosophy. Yeah, dude, that's why I like to keep my podcast. It's very interesting. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep it professional, and I'm laughing over here, because and nobody can see it, because I, tr- I tend to, to lean away from the mic when I start laughing really hard. So no, just dead silence on my end. But wow, that 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 that, that hit me a little. Like that kind of that kind of got me. Is that going to be your new? So what what is your definition of success then? Is that it or? I don't really have one, man. That's why I ask people. You know, because like, I want to believe that you know doing what you love and not working a day in your life is successful. But you know, ultimately there is a monetary value of that. Otherwise you're not going to be able to do what you like to do. You know, if you like to bowl, you know, you still need, you know, money for the game's sake. You know, Mm -hmm. if you like to produce music, you got to buy software in order to do that, you know, or hardware, you know, like there's just so many things. So you, you have to be, have, some sort of monetary gain or value in order to do what you like to do and a lot of these people you know they're doing what they like to do whether it's acting or producing music you know they're still making money from it because of their passion you know people have blogs and stuff like that and they're getting a lot of money just from blogs and it's like holy smokes i'm gonna go uh, reactivate my live journal from 2004 and see if anybody wants to pay me to read my live journal yeah, I mean, I just reactivated my MySpace, bro. You know, it's funny. I, I work with kids, and I and I was, you know, I did a lesson on social media, and I was like, guys, you don't even know, MySpace was the shit, and it's still around. And I had no idea until I started doing my own research that MySpace was still a thing. So I got to ask you, can I, can we find you on MySpace? You can, but my username on there is not my name. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So oh, man. it'll well, be pretty tough to find me there. All right. Well, if I find you, I want to be put on your top eight friends because that was the that was the okay. that was all the rage back in the day. The top Dude, eight friends. I got blacked out, wasted when I was sixteen one time. I love stories that start like this. And my friend had removed me from his top his top eight friends. Oh, man. And I was like, dude, that's fucked up. Like, how are you going to have this girl as your top eight friends? And I'm here. I'm puking in your toilet. And you're just telling me that I'm not top eight, bro. I'm not top eight, man. You're fucked. You're fucked. I started crying. <laughs> and he's like, this is why. This is why you're not top eight anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, I don't even use MySpace anymore. 
I didn't even know it was still a thing. MySpace was the most interesting thing because we we were in like I don't I don't know how old you are. I didn't even ask, but I'm I'm 34. So when MySpace came out, I was like 16, 17. We were doing adv- like mildly advanced coding at one point, just like nonchalantly, like oh I gotta put in uh, the new Linkin Park song. Gotta go on my my MySpace here. So when you go onto my page, in the end's gonna play really loud and really terribly. Yeah, this this is the way I live. It was my profile song. <laughs> that is, that's great. I love it. So we are running a little low on time here. So before we uh, we wrap it up, just uh, one last time, Michael. First of all, thank you for being on the show. We we had uh, this was a blast. Tell everybody who's listening all the ways that they can get in touch with you. That off the top of your head. Yeah, you can go to my website, killingitproductions.com. You can buy my merch there. We have, I just started rolling out Squids Killing It tees just for the Squid Squad out there. And then soon I will have hoodies, hats, beanies, and handkerchiefs coming. I like to support all my local peeps. So mm-hmm. my friend owns a, a fabric shop and he does all of that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. All, like everything there. And then I originally started my music production because I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do lo-fi hip-hop is because I have like bad anxiety and stuff like that. So if you just throw on a lo-fi beat or whatever and just breathe and think about shit, then it's all good. And I originally went to college to be a English teacher to help at-risk youth because when I was 16, I was getting drunk all the time because I was, you know, whatever. And I got sent away to two boys' homes the same year like three months apart from each other. And I was like, okay, I want to help at-risk youth. Mm -hmm. Well, I was like, music has got me through a lot more shit than anything else has. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always been musically trained. I started with the trumpet, went to the piano and just played music. And I was like, I just want to help them. And it can be really lucrative if you can do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, like music can be really lucrative. And I live in the poorest County in Wyoming. And I work with two different charities. One of them is Laramie Interfaith, and the other one is Climb Wyoming. Laramie Interfaith is mainly for families that are struggling, you know, groceries and uh, rent and things like that. And then Climb Wyoming is made for single moms who they train them to do things like accounting and stuff like that so they can get better paying jobs. So I donate a good portion of all the profits that we get from the podcast whether it's music streams or people buy my you know merch or whatever mm-hmm. goes to a charity of the month that's awesome and it really depends on the month you know veterans day we give to a lot of veteran charities that help with like medical costs and things like that mother's day that's where climb wyoming comes in i just you know all the profits from that month go to climb wyoming so on and so forth like like i said each month is something different usually if it's a holiday on that in that month then i'll don't i'll find like the best charity for that wednesdays you ever watch uh uh, mean girls oh yeah yeah i know me some mean girls on wednesdays we wear pink love it so I wear pink on Wednesdays, and for every person that tags me in a picture of them wearing pink on that Wednesday, then I donate uh, some money to the Pink Foundation. That's awesome, man. I didn't, see, I didn't know that. You're going to wait till the end of the show to drop that on me? That's fantastic, man. That really is. Yeah, and it's pretty much the only thing that gives my life purpose anymore is just helping people. So Love it. I don't, like I said, I'm not going to have kids definitely don't want kids you know what i'm saying like half of my stand-up is me hating kids (laughs) (laughs) 
So <laughs> it works out. It works out. But yeah, you can find me at killingitproductions.com. If you do forward slash go, it has pretty much a page where, you know, it has my music page, my merch page, my, my next to the lamp page. Like you can find everything there. If you want to find me anywhere, just type squids killing it. That's S Q U I D Z space K I L L I N I T in Google, and you'll see all my stuff. I'm the first thing that pops up. That's awesome. We are working for on our end, the misfitfaction.com. You're, we're working on a friends and affiliate page, and you're definitely going to see uh, a link to Killing It Productions on there very soon. Um, as soon as it goes live, we have a whole list of people that we've been talking to. And are there links to those charities on that on your page as well? If you go to my Facebook page, gotcha. Uh, that's where they're that's where they're listed. I'm still developing the website, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it's more of a funnel. And I'm working with this company called Rich From Anywhere, and they uh, specialize in advertising and how to do social media advertising and stuff like that. Awesome. And yeah, they're helping me develop all this stuff and it's been a process. I can imagine, you know, even me just listening to all the technical stuff from you, I was like, man, there's still so much to learn and I, and I love learning. So this, this has been great for me. I really enjoyed having you on the show. I definitely want to get you back on at some point. So, uh, you might be hearing from us again. Well, all I have to say is no. <laughs> this was dog water you're dog water i'm out of here <laughs> this is as bad as my first episode i'm leaving good day sir yeah yeah dude just uh hit me up you have my email just let me know whenever you're ready and we can make something happen awesome so mike thank you so much for being on tonight can't wait to touch base with you again and get you back on that's killingitproductions.com slash go so if you're looking for some better quality podcasting than i could possibly produce He's the guy to go to, so make sure you guys go check him out. Michael, thank you so much for being on. You have a good rest of your night, all right? Thanks, man. Stay blessed and uh, have a good evening, feller. Thank you for having me, and uh, spread the word, bro. You got it, man. Take care. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me today, we have a very special guest from, I want to say, Iceland? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, Anar Haraldson. Now, Anar, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really excited to speak with you. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you very much yeah, for inviting So it's funny because the first thing I said to him was good morning, and the first thing he said back was good afternoon because I, I believe we have a four-hour time difference. Yeah. That's 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 crazy to think about by itself. You know, we, we started off as such a small show, and now, now we're interviewing people all over the world. So that that's exciting for us just by itself. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. So, Anar, I was told that uh, we connected through our good friend Steve Joyner. He, uh, big shout out to Steve, who's been uh, helping yeah. us set up all these interviews. Not only did Steve think you and I would be a good fit because of past profession for you and current profession for me, but also you are a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> you must say that. Yeah. I am. So before we get into the movie stuff, which is the stuff that I really want to talk about because I'm really curious to, to kind of hear some of your experiences, you're a former police officer. Is that true? Yeah. I started 74 and ended my shift 93. Oh, God bless. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you've done. As somebody who's only uh, six very tiny years into a, a long career, I got to say God bless and I'm glad you're enjoying retirement. You're doing it better than most. <laughs> I cannot stop. by. I have to work. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people, you know, once they retire, especially, you know, my my dad did uh, 20 years in uh, corrections, and then he immediately retired and started another job. Okay. 
So, you know, a lot of guys, they do a long career and then they, they find something else to do afterwards. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about uh, your police career, if you don't mind. I know a lot of guys don't yeah. like uh, discussing it, but I would love to hear because it's, it's uh, from what Steve told me, it's pretty extensive. I started, like I said, I started in 74 in the police academy and I've, my last shift was 93. And in that, in that time, I was also secretary general for International Police Association, Icelandic section. You know what it is? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. That's cr- I was that sec- secretary for that for, for Iceland. That's crazy. And then I traveled around the world to see how the police are working. I went to, I was invited to LAPD, stayed there for six weeks, and take, took the shift with them and uh, investigate everything. But I did not go to NYPD. That's a, that's a. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to go to NYPD right now, so that's fine. Yeah, then I, I think, like I said, I, I travel around the world, and I, I had lots of experience. But here in Iceland, we don't carry a gun in the police. We are only a, a SWAT team. Uh-huh. Of course, we learn to shoot. Oh, yeah, of course. And we, we have a shooting range and all that. <clears throat> and then 93, I stopped. Said I said now it's enough for me, and then I started in the U.S. Embassy in security. Okay. In, in Iceland, I was there for ten years in for, security. For ten years, wow. Yeah, and then I stopped there. <laughs> Went to the uh, the Academy of uh, Acting here in Iceland. Finished that, and uh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I started, and there, and here we are now. So, what what made you want to do the transition into acting, though? It happens when I was in in uh, L.A. with the with the police there. Okay, because they were most of them. They were bodyguards for celebrities, and they invite me to go with them up to the Hollywood Hills to visit them. And then I, there, I sit down with some of them. Uh-huh. And they they said to me, "When when you are." retired you should go in this area this business business <laughs> <laughs> i said oh really do you think so <laughs> yeah so i didn't i did not think about it until 2005 oh wow yeah then i said okay i will i will start start this and uh, since then and i have been very busy yeah, so tell me about your first movie role then. Like, you know, what was your first experience going to an audition and and being on a set? Like, were you were you shocked by it? Was it a little bit of no, a little actually, too? No, actually, I was. I first 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 I went to. I said, "How am I going to remember all the lines uh-huh. in the in the whole movie?" <laughs> but it's not like that. You don't need to remember just the whole like script you, because they said. Cut, 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 and they we take step by step. Mm-hmm. My first movie was was t- taken in the U.S. It's a U.S. movie. It's a western. I made two western movie in the U.S. and uh, many TV series here in Iceland. And what was uh, the name of the first movie? Was it? Uh, it was a cowboy movie. You said. Yeah, wanted, wanted. Yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah. Cowboy. Both of them, it was Cowboy. <laughs> the second was Copperhead Creek. 
Oh, yep, yep. I got, I got your list here on IMDb. I'm yeah. peeking. Yeah, and now it's the newest movie I'm going to make is in, made in Switzerland. Oh, wow. It's, it's a Schweiz movie, action thriller. Hmm. And it has been already, it will be going to Cannes Film Festival and first of all in, in Hollywood when it's finished. We started, it is excited. Oh, that's very cool. That's very exciting. So tell me, when you went for your first role, what was your audition like? Did you have to go in? Was there was there casting? Did you have to speak in front of the director? How did that start? No, no I, I'm i so lucky I have many directors and actors who are my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I only talked to them. I said, hey, hey, hey you need a, need a, some person inside that remember me, remember me. <laughs> and then suddenly... This person in Switzerland, mm-hmm. he, he contacted me uh, for three days ago and said, Einar, you, I want you in my movie. So you will be my longtime bodyguard in the movie. I said, ah, okay, I'm used to that. I know I was one time, I was a bodyguard here. And most of my roles in, in a TV series are, I am detective mm-hmm. or policeman. <laughs> well, you, you got to do what you know. So, I mean, it, you bring yeah. a lot of experience. So, it, it, does it does it feel weird kind of slipping back into that role, or is it just normal for you at this point? No, very normal. I see how, how ridiculous this, this is, actually. But you know, it's good though. Well, like you're you're taking experience that you have and a, and a certain level of expertise. It makes the the whole role a little bit more real. Yeah, I, I once I when I started first here in Iceland the TV, I said. Oh, 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 what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> how do you know? How do you know that? You haven't seen who I, you don't know who I am. <laughs> and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a former policeman. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you, do you constantly find yourself critiquing and correcting the, the proper procedures in this, in these uh, shows? Normally I, I don't do it. I just leave it to them and, and follow what they are doing. <laughs> First time I, I started but now they love me on the set. It, it's funny too because like I, I I don't watch a lot of police television shows in America. I you know every once in a while if they're on, but I, I love watching them because my my wife will sit there watching me watch the show, and I'm like, well, that's not right. They don't they don't have to tell them that. They don't have to do this. So it, it's funny uh, talking to somebody who is a former police officer who is now in movies and TV show dealing with uh, the same kind of thing that I, I sit on my couch and critique. <laughs> so do you, when I, do you, when oh, I started ahead. first, mm-hmm. I, I, I was thinking, am I too old or am I whatever? And I talked to the people who was in my class in the academy and they said, because I was grandfather to them. They love to help me because I have so much experience to give. Mm-hmm. So that's why they love to help me. Did you find yourself yeah, in a in a class with a lot of younger people, or were there people of all different age ranges? No, the, in my class, I could be a grandfather <laughs> to all of them. <laughs> to all of them, <laughs> I said always, always doing. Okay, kids, come on, play. <laughs> that's that's actually really funny. But 
so because now I'm imagining it and it's just a great visual. But I've never uh, actually spoken to somebody who's gone to an acting school or a professional acting class. Tell me a little bit about how that goes. Like, are there specific subjects that you have to go through? Are there class styles? Yeah, it's uh, you you uh, learn how to uh, promote yourself or how to how to stand in front of the uh, audience. Mm-hmm. We have an audience in front of us, and uh, they we have to don't don't be shy and and then. When you finish the school, you have to make like a description to, to about police and a man who was arrested. Okay. Or, <laughs> and I made the uh, I made the uh, classroom police station. <laughs> I I went to the police station, got some things there, and got the uniforms. And <laughs> All right, so you made it the most realistic out of everyone. Actually, yep. Oh, that's awesome. And that was that was hit, totally hit. <laughs> that that's actually that's awesome. Like that, so to to bring that level of realism to must have been really eye opening for some. Do uh, people ever ask you about you know your your past as a law enforcement officer while you're on a set or anything along those lines? No, 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 no. no. So tell me a little bit about your newest movie. You have a new movie filming in Switzerland. It's called uh, yeah. I believe No Time to Think. Yeah, no time to think. It's Angelo Angelo Bor, who's a, so it's a director and actor. Mm-hmm. He is my friend. He he is going to. It will be made in uh, Basel and a few other places in Switzerland, up in the mountain. Many many German and uh, Swiss actors are going to be in this movie. It will be action. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Uh, where else have you filmed, though? Like you, said, you mentioned Switzerland. Where are some of the places that you've filmed in? Most of it, my other is most of it's here in Iceland and the uh, U.S. Okay. Do you prefer working on uh, television or film sets? What's the, if you don't mind my asking, what's the difference between filming a, a television show or filming a movie? It's not so much different. There are, okay, landscape maybe, and uh, mm-hmm. it's not so different. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I've never actually spoken to somebody who's done both television and movies uh, too much, so this is this is a little eye-opening for me. What was the most yeah. uh, surprising thing about filming that you weren't expecting? The most is when I was going up, sitting on the horses in the U.S. They are so big in Iceland. We have our horses are pony, like pony. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I've, I've, I've never ridden a, I've never I've ridden a horse one time and it was a terrible terrible experience and I could never actually ride a horse ever again. So I, I I applaud you, sir, for even being able to get on one, especially one that was humongous compared to what you're used to. Yeah. So if you were able to film another uh, movie or or a TV show, what kind of film or TV show would you like to do? I'm interested to go into the like a FBI or NCIS. Okay. Yeah, this is my goal. So yeah, what what are your goals as as a career? You know, you're starting this this acting career. It's relatively it's getting my a little goal hot. Is to better than the rock. Better than the rock. Don't tell <laughs> don't tell my wife that because that's my wife's celebrity crush. She loves the rock. <laughs> I always said rock. It's yeah, funny. The Rock funny. is one of those guys that I think he works twenty three hours a day and then sleeps for one. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know how people like. I don't know how people do it. I used. To, I worked midnights when I first started, so I was working the yeah. night the night tour, and you know, I don't. I don't know how some people can stay up for hours and hours anymore. Yeah, this is what when you are in in, in acting, maybe you just you don't know how mm-hmm. long you have to be on the set. What it was can it? take take four hours or eight hours or eighteen hours. Oh, jeez. Yeah. What was the longest you've ever been on a set for a shoot? Uh, 13 hours. <sighs> 13. And like, <laughs> so what, why does the day get so long on some of these sets? Like, is it just bad takes? Is it technical issues? Both, both because the, the director and producer, they say, oh, we do it again. We do it again. We do it again. hundred times. <laughs> so. If you could work with any movie director, who would you want to work with? I'm not sure. Not sure? No, I think I, I can work with everyone. Okay. Yeah. So did you have a favorite movie, though, or something that inspired you to really get into acting? A TV show, a movie, a director, anything like that? A TV show, my, my, this, that is this FBI and the <laughs> NCIS. I, lo- I, I like to be in that. Yeah, I have. I haven't seen NCIS in, in a very long time. It's one of those shows that's been on forever, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, wow. This is this is like really interesting because I, I. It's funny hearing the differences between filming, you know, TV shows, movies, America, Iceland. Where are some other places that you would like to to film a movie? I think I would like to film a movie in in the Philippines. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, my wife is from Philippines. And I think I would like to in uh, Japan. Japan would be a lot of fun. I've been to uh, Korea. Korea was was a beautiful uh, country, the South part anyway. Uh-huh. So yeah. yeah, getting to travel to oh, someplace like the, Japan. the yeah. South part, okay. Yeah, just the South part. It's weird. They they wouldn't let me into the North part. It was very strange. Oh really? Yeah, so, so weird. Short. Where they don't have movies or TV shows up there. They can you can only watch like three TV shows in North Korea from what. Yeah. So do you ever find it uh, challenging to work in a place like America where, you know, language barriers or cultural barriers? Is that no. a no? Oh. I can I, I can speak I can speak English. I can speak a little bit of Spanish and uh, Tagalog, the Filipino, and, uh, oh. Danish, Swedish, Norwegian. See, I, I'm Swedish and Norwegian by birth, but I cannot speak any Swedish or Norwegian. Really? Really? Half, half Danish. Half, okay. Yeah. Man, you're you're the most cultured person that I've had on this show so far. <laughs> usually, usually I'll get like other podcasters or other actors, and they're they're cursing and they're they're you know they're they're making jokes. But you're 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 very sophisticated in the way that you speak. I love it. I am positive man. I'm most positive man in the world. <laughs> I love the life. No, that's that's awesome. That's great to hear, and I'm really excited because you got this new movie coming out. So, what what's the name of your character in this movie? Wilson. Bert Wilson. That is that's actually a very American name too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I'm the only English person. The only, this long time bodyguard. The only English person in this movie. Yeah. That's that's hilarious. So, what's what what film? Excuse me. What language is this film primarily in? Then, I think it will be in English. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh, what I hope is, so. I hope uh, so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, and you start filming that soon or is that already going on? Uh, no, it's, it will be in – I will go there 1st of June next year. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So how, how far in advance do you get your scripts and your, your movie roles to prepare for them? It can be up to this, yeah. Oh, okay. But in, in uh, meanwhile, I'll, my, Steven is trying to get me on uh, some in shows in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, like, like an interview, like a big podcast show. Yeah, we're and... we're the little podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's great. Like it, it's nice to hear that, you know, even though you had a very full and and what sounds like a very fulfilling career, you're you're starting this brand new one and like doing really well. I mean, this is awesome to hear. I've been in 27 podcasts Tw- now in US. <laughs> 27 and mine. So 27 yeah, and, and a half US. then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're a very tiny podcast. We have a very devoted audience, and uh, Steve's been really great about uh, helping us grow and expand. And we we've talked to some very interesting people and some very strange people too. Yeah, Steven is very good. He's very good. oh, Steve Steve's been great. It's funny because he'll be like, "Hey, are you busy?" And I'm like, "No, what's up?" He's like, "I have 17 people for you to email or call right now." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Steve, I'm I'm at the grocery store. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, he's very good. He. He knows how to work on it. Oh, he's he's always hustling. He's always moving, and uh, always. It, it sounds like you are too. How did, how did you and Steve connect? Yeah, I was looking for uh, PR in US, mm-hmm. and suddenly I I saw his name and to him, and uh, yeah, that's how we connected. E- easy enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, do you find it challenging to to build a career in the US, or how's that going for you? It's okay, it, but of course it's difficult. But it's it's okay, step by step it will come. So what what are some of the steps that you do? Because I would I would love to help you because I want I want you to be famous and then one day be like, hey, I like that guy Paul that 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 tiny podcast that I want to talk to again. I'm not gonna lie, I did find you on uh, on Instagram. So yeah. uh, what other social media do you use? Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, everybody course, uses Facebook. Uh, and I have a website. Oh, www. Yeah. So write down. I'm I'm writing. com. Well, that's very easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we we love putting uh we have a website ourselves, themisfitfaction.com, and we we're building a brand new page because uh, Steve's been really great about getting us connected with a lot of people. So we're actually putting on our website a list of all the people that we interview and and how to like find them and, and get in touch with them so we're definitely gonna have to throw you on there and I, I'm, I'm digging the Instagram shots as I'm, I'm scrolling through as I'm talking to you <clears throat> so tell me a little bit about your family if you don't mind how, how does your wife feel about this acting career that you do when I started I asked her because Steve said to me Einar you know what you're going into this is not just a normal world you're going into mm-hmm. I said oh or why? Because if you if you get famous, what, what then? As a yeah, never mind that. I <laughs> I can protect myself. And then I asked my wife, "What do you think?" And she said, "It's up to you. You, you are you are already retired. You have nothing to do. <laughs> just just jump on it if you're interested." Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because it's funny, uh, I, I told my wife, I was like, I think I'm going to take podcasting a little bit more, because we've, we've been podcasting for years. Like, it was more of a hobby than anything else. Uh, 
Uh-huh. So I told my wife, I was like, you know, I, I met this guy, Steve, he's on Facebook and he's, he's talking about doing all these interviews and, and getting involved with people. And she's like, well, you know, you have 15 years until you retire. So if you want to start that now, you might want to start it now because it's only going to get harder as you get older. So it's nice to hear somebody who did such a, a big career in law enforcement have such a great career afterwards too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, yeah. That's why, that's how it is. And then it's, it started by, I don't regret. That's, well, that's even better to hear. You know, you got to do what you love and you got to do what, what excites you and what you enjoy. And it sounds like you are living the dream, sir. If I have a goal, I reach, always reach my goal. So what's what's left on the goal list? Where where's Anar Harrelson going? <laughs> yeah, that's. I think yeah, I told you about. <laughs> Don't tell your wife. No, I'm not going to tell. She doesn't listen. She's <laughs> she, my my wife does her own thing, and she never she's listened to my podcast maybe twice. And one of those uh, episodes was because she was on it. My goal. I think this is my last goal to be a good actor. In a good movie, yeah. Playing, playing the uh, the lifetime bodyguard or the cowboy? <laughs> no, not cowboy. I think no. I will skip the cowboy. No more cowboy roles. Action, action movies. Action movies. Like. All right, I do. I do enjoy a good action movie, and you know we talk about action movies all the time on here. Do you do your own stunts then? No, no. no, that's awesome. Well, Anar, that's pretty much all I got for you today. Like I said, we, we're a very short show. Is there anything else yeah. you'd like to tell our audience before you leave? No, just if they want to ask me about something, just they can write to me or send me a message. I always answer all my messages. That's awesome. And uh, is the best way on uh, Facebook or uh, somewhere else? On Facebook, yeah. All right, so I'm going to make sure that I, I link your Facebook to our post when this episode goes live. We're going to tell our, our friends that are listening along that if they want to get in touch with one of the most interesting actors that I've ever spoken to. Thank you. No, yeah, no, with with a lifetime of experience, like just crazy to think, you know, 20 plus years of policing and, and traveling the world. What was your, before we go, what was your favorite travel spot that you've ever been to? When I went to Russia. Really, Russia, the the coldest place ever. Yeah, I wanted to see how the police are working there. If they have a police, if they... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I went there, I, I I saw many things which I should should not see. But I've been, like I said, I've been in all Europe, or every country in Europe. Really, that's that's yeah. crazy. I hate traveling, so like to hear somebody that traveled everywhere is always impressive. <laughs> While you were in Russia, did you at least enjoy some Russian vodka? No, I, I don't drink. No, you don't drink? You don't drink at all? No. That's good, but though. I, I, I love the food. Oh, yeah? Russian food? Yeah. What, what? I was, we went in a rush, restaurant, mm -hmm. and I, I ordered this course here, and it was 14 courses in, in one. <laughs> that, I have to finish, finish everything. That's so much food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny, you, you travel around the world and, and culture is so different. Like in America, it's very customary to tip people. So after you, uh -huh. you've had your, your, your meal, you leave a tip based on the service that you received. So we went to Korea and we thought that that was the culture. So uh -huh. we, we left a very nice tip for the, for the young lady that was waiting on us. And she came running out of the restaurant after us to give <laughs> us our change. And we we're oh, like, yeah. no, no, that's for you. And she's like, why? 
And we're like, because you did a good job? And she just yeah. she didn't understand. So it, it's always interesting when you travel to other countries, other cultures, and, and you get to experience what makes them so special. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I've been also – I went once into Tijuana in Mexico. Oh, God, Tijuana. I've heard stories about uh, Tijuana. Do you have a Tijuana story before we wrap up? No. No? no? Nothing you can say? <laughs> Don't worry. My wife's not listening, and I'm sure your wife no. isn't either. <laughs> no, no. There's no, no story there. No there's, no. there's always a story out of Tijuana. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anar, thank you so much for joining us today. We're, we're looking forward to, to catching your new movie when it comes out. Yeah. And uh, you said you're going to start filming that sometime around June, correct? Yeah. So I think uh, maybe around that time you might get another email from us to uh, come talk about how yep. it's going. Yep. So that's yeah. uh, no time to think. And this is Anar Haraldson. Thank you so much for being on today. Well, I'm pleased to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Uh, you too. Take care. Well, God bless. Bye bye.